Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. I want to tell you that there's three things that I know about my God. Amen. And one of them is that he is determined. When you are ready to give up, he's ready to keep on going. He is a deliverer. That's what I love about God is when you don't know where you're going, he knows exactly where you need to go. Amen. See, we're like this. Sometimes we want to hear what we want to hear and we want to see what we want to see. I tell my children they have selective hearing. It's amazing if I say, come on, we're going out, they'll run to the front door. But if I say, hey, I need you to clean something, for some reason they couldn't hear that. And so that's how we are. Sometimes we just don't want to see. In fact, we don't want to know the truth. Because if we know what's going on, and then we're responsible for what we know. Jesus always had a lot to say when it came to thinking um, on vision. And as a matter of fact, opening of the eyes was kind of a common miracle, if you can call the a miracle common. And when they talk about blindness in the Bible, it's also used as a metaphor for having a closed mind. And so people that have a closed mind are not always open to new ideas. They're not always open to uh, some changes. They're not open to a new adventure. If you have ever gone out to lunch with me in the last um, 40 plus years of my life and we've gone to a Chinese restaurant, I always order beef and broccoli. If I go to a Mexican restaurant, I want to split fajitas. Some people just, they are a little more closed-minded and they don't want to be open to changes. And so what happens is it causes you to be stuck in a place of darkness and people, they don't have to be there, but because they have a lack of vision, they're stuck in a place of darkness. Well, in the Bible, Matthew 6, 22 through 23, it says, your eyes are a window for your soul. And when they are good, you have all the light that you need. But when your eyes are bad, everything is dark. And if the light inside of you is dark, surely you are in the dark. See, Jesus is saying to us right there that if you don't really see things clearly, he's saying if you don't really look at things correctly, he's saying if you don't look at things truthfully, you think you're living in the light and you think your vision is good, but in reality, it's not. And the reason is because you are living in darkness. And one of the results of living in darkness is that you miss out on all of the great things that God has in store for us. And the reason we miss out is because you just can't see it. We can't see them. But the bigger question God is asking us today is, do you see what I see? You know, growing up in Virginia, we would go to the state fair, you know, and so you go in there and pay $100 to get on these rickety rides that you feel like your life is flashing before your eyes. Um, and then you get your pretzel and your little cake funnel. You cannot leave without eating a cake funnel. 
But there's always this mirror. And the mirror at these events is kind of curvy. And when you look in the mirror, it's a distortion. And sometimes you look in there, you look good. You know, lost 10 pounds. You're like slim, looking tall. And what happens is that we keep that view as an adult. We grow up with that as a kid, but we keep a distorted view. And we don't really ever get to see ourselves the way God sees us. And nobody knows about seeing things and perception better than these two guys in the Bible named Joshua and Caleb. And so I want to give you a little backstory. And Moses is set to free the Israelites out of Egypt. And so God says, you are going to set your people free. And so he talks to Pharaoh. And after a series of an event, Pharaoh lets them go. And so they go and he's leading them. And all of a sudden they come up to the Red Sea. And so now the Pharaoh that said, I'm going to let you go, changes his mind and all of his men go chasing the Israelites. They plan to kill him. And so they come to the edge of the Red Sea and they think, if I go in the Red Sea, surely I'm going to drown. But if I turn back, all of these men are going to kill us. But what does God do? He tells Moses, raise up your rod, point it toward the Red Sea, and through a miracle, God splits the Red Sea. The Israelites walk on dry land, and the minute they're passed over, guess what happens? A water caves in, and all of those Egyptians die. How many of you know when God takes care of your haters, because Moses had haters, amen? He does it right, amen? And so here are the Israelites, they just went through 400 years of slavery. They just got set free. God gave them manna. They go through the Red Sea and there's miracle after miracle, blessing after blessing. And all they had to do was trust and obey. That was it. The whole reason the Israelites were roaming around the desert is because God set them free, but then he gave them a promised land. Can you imagine setting out for vacation and you think, I'm going to go to a Caribbean ocean vacation. I'm going to go to the water with my family. And you start on your journey and you start walking around and you're going around and you're going around. And all of a sudden you come to the edge of your promised land, of your vacation, and you never make it in. You just get a glimpse. Well, this is what they had been waiting for. The Israelites had been waiting for this promise all of their life. It was the ultimate destination. It was the golden ticket opportunity. And so right before the Israelites get to the promised land, God tells Moses to do this. I want you to get 12 of the biggest, strongest, best guys, one from every tribe, and you are going to send them on a fact-finding mission. Go into the new land, and I want you to find out everything about it. See everything you can see. I want you 12 men to experience everything you can experience, and then I want you to come back and tell us what you see. And we're going to jump in at Numbers 13, 17 through 20. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through Negev into the hill country and see what the land looks like. Find out whether the people are strong or weak, 
whether there are few or many, and see what kind of land they live in. Is it good or is it bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected and open? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there trees? Do your best, but bring some samples of the crops back. Yo, God is so good. You know, when the 12 spies went, the Bible says that they found these amazing fruit, but God sent them just at a right time at harvest time. You know, he, he could have sent them any other time, any other season. Fruit doesn't grow all year round. But God sent them when the fruit was ripe. And he says, Moses says, go in there, check it all out. Don't come back empty-handed. Make sure you bring some samples back. See, if they come back with this great-looking fruit, then it would be easier for the rest of the crowd to possess the promise. Because they go, wow, this must be amazing. It's going to be easier to convince the people that have been walking around the desert that this is a good place if you come back with some proof and they could see it. So the 12 spies go on the journey and Moses knows this. He knows it's going to be long. He knows there's going to be hurdles and hardships. He knows there's going to be trauma and probably some drama. He knows that there's going to be all kinds of things that they're going to face. But Moses gave them a goal. And why is it important? Because when you have a goal in life, it makes it easier to have grace for the journey. Sometimes we're on a long journey, but if we know that there's an end game, if we know that there may be a day going in, but there's going to be a day coming out, amen, we may have more grace and keep on going. See, when I have a goal, it gives me resolve. It makes me more confident to run the race. If you think about Jesus, the Bible says that it was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross and the shame. And yes, Jesus was on the cross. And yes, he was dying. And yes, he was carrying the weight of the world. But the thing that enabled Jesus to stay on the cross and finish well is because he put his sight on the goal. So the goal helps me know that there's purpose in the press. How many of you guys know to get to something good, sometimes it's going to cost you? And so the goal helps me know that although there's a purpose, it's not that the trial is not going to last forever. So when they get there, when the spies arrive and they see all of the grapes, this is a huge blessing for them. Why? Because they'd been in the wilderness. They had been in a fruitless season. They had been in a dry season in their life, and they hadn't seen fresh fruit for a long time. You see, God has not allowed us to go through everything we've gone through for absolutely nothing. Amen? There is a prize at the end. And so while these men are on high alert, and they weren't exactly possessing the land, the deed wasn't going to be given to them that day. The fact that they were in the atmosphere of greatness, of blessings, of miracles, made them feel like, wow, this is about to be ours. And it was only the beginning. God used that moment to give them a glimpse of what he wanted to bring them into. Have you ever had God give you a glimpse? 
just a little picture and all of a sudden moment. You know, you just made that, uh, that moment, God, clear to me. I'm in the middle of this trial and I just don't see a way out, God. I don't see, you know, how it can all work out. And then God gives you that little moment, be at peace. I got it all worked out. These men cut down the grapes. And the Bible said there were so many grapes. And so these grapes were so big, it took ten, two men to carry them. And they said that we have to show the people the promise, the good news, the fruit of blessing, the goodness of the Lord. And they come back and report. And at first, here's their attitude. Numbers 13, 27, and 29 says, We went to the land that you sent us, and wow, does it flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. And then they use a the word, but. They said, but. The only thing is the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giant Anak. And if you know anything in the Bible, Goliath, that was his family. That was his people. The Amalekites are spread out in the Gith. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites hold the hill country. And the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea along the Jordan. And Caleb, I love this guy. He interrupts everything. And he says, hold up. Hold up. Wait, wait, wait. Because this group of negative talkers are taken away from the beauty of the milk and the honey and the grapes and the goodness of God. He interrupted and he called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land. We can do it. See, he saw the goodness of God. He saw the great things of God. How many of you have seen God do good things in your life? And somebody's talking negative and you say, you don't know what my God has done for me. Amen. So Caleb had that. But here's what the others said. We can't attack those people. They're way stronger than us. They spread scary rumors among people. They said, we scouted the whole land from one end to the other. The land swallows people. Now, you know they're exaggerating. The land swallows people whole is what they said. Everybody we saw was huge. Why, we even saw the Nephilim giants and the Anak giants come from Nephilim. Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers and they looked down at us as if we were grasshoppers. And Moses sent them there to test their perception. And although they saw the same things, 12 men, they all went to the same place. They saw the same hills. They all had different conclusions. You see, your perception is personal. How you see things may not be how your friend sees things. How you see God may not be how your family sees God. Your perception is personal. Some people see the cup half full. Some people see the cup half empty. Some say it's partly cloudy. Some say it's partly sunny. You see, if God is going to use you in a great way, sometimes you're going to find yourself looking at something little. Amen. You're going to see something little saying, my God is getting ready to do a big thing. Amen. Sometimes you have to look at situations and people might look at you like you are crazy and say, there is no way. There is absolutely no way. And that is when you open your mouth and you declare, oh, there might not be a way for you. And it looks like there's not 
not a way for me, but I know who is the way, he is the truth, and he is the light. Amen? You got to know who your God is. Amen? Invite Rosalinda to speak at your meeting or group. Go to rosalinda.live for more details. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.